Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. All right, this is a part two of a two-part series that they're doing on tax strategies for retirement. If you haven't heard the first podcast, go back and listen to that one uh, because this is all about structure. Episode one was about personal structure, and this one is actually about business structure. Gentlemen, welcome back. Glad to be with you. Hey, good to be here. All right. I'm excited to get into this. The, The last podcast was fantastic. A ton of great information really talked about a lot of different plans and strategies for taxes and saving on ta- taxes now and in the future. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that those that are listening to this go back and listen to it, get some questions to ask and reach out to you and your team. Uh, we'll do the same thing this time where we give contact information at the end of the podcast. Also an opportunity to pick up this this brochure that you guys have created. It's beautifully done. Uh, tax strategies for retirement. Buckets create tax choices. And you've got this available for them. So we'll we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But for now, we're going to be getting into the the questions that business owners really have for you when it comes to this, uh, to the structure that they need to create. You guys ready? You Absolutely. Bet. All right. So, and I'm, I'm sure this is probably the main one you get every time. I'm self-employed or I own my own small business. What can I do to save money that can help me with taxes? You know, we find that as, as business owners, uh, we're always looking for ways to save money, uh, whether it's for ourself or creating a platform that people or the employees, people that are important to us, uh, where they can save money for their retirement or for the future. And because uh, at the end of the day, we're only as good as the employees that we have. But we do find that uh, de- depending on the intent, situations are different. Uh, different things are important to different people. That includes business owners. And trying to find the right uh, savings plan to fit not only the business owner, but his or her employees. Uh, There's so many options. They're all great. Uh, They all serve different purposes. And just trying to find the right one that fits the objectives of the business uh, is where you start and what's important. I would say from from my perspective, you know, as a business owner, we got 30 employees. We have families. We affect probably 70, 60, 70 lives. And we've got key people in our organization that we want to tie into the organization. We're only as good as the people that we have. And, mm-hmm. and there are different things that are important to different people within an organization. And retirement is one of those things. And you want to keep people on your team forever. And um, when your people are happy, your clients are happy. And I think that our employees are really my number one first customers. And you can tell when if they're happy, you can feel the energy over the phone and you can feel the... Uh, enthusiasm and i think that that's very important to any organization so so it's a it's it's you know how you structure it and uh um and my number one goal is to keep them forever so but then from a personal perspective i know i want to live my life on purpose to do things that i want to do 
But then how do you structure the business to be able to produce that income so you can enjoy the life that you want, but at the same time, find out what's important to your people? Yeah, I think happy workers are going to work harder um, because they, they have pride in the business and, and that's all part of it. Offering good benefits, offering uh, things that will attract good quality employees and keep your good quality employees is so important. I think a lot of businesses forget about that when they're really small. I know that there's a lot of things that can be done. Before the podcast even started today, you guys were just chit-chatting and and you brought up 401ks and simple IRAs. And I'm not quite sure uh, for businesses, what's the difference between the two and which one is better? You know, so they're, they're both great, uh, depending on what the structure looks like and how many employees we have and what we're trying to accomplish. I think there's there's kind of there's there's four big areas um, when you're looking at All right, I want to save money for the future uh, as a business owner, or a, a self-employed person. Uh, where can I put money? Uh, obviously, number one is uh, as long as we have earned income, we can all participate in individual retirement plans. This year, you can put 6000 a year into an IRA. Uh, you've got till April 15th in order to do it for the prior year. And if you're over 50, uh, there's a catch-up provision that allows you to put 7000 into an IRA, deduct it for the year, uh, and it grows tax-deferred till you need the money at some point down the road. So there's always option one. Uh, you're just doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. um, not worrying about employees participating. Uh, the second is uh, what's called a SEP, a self-employed pension. So you see businesses that they don't have any employees. Maybe they're a contractor. Maybe they're a consultant. Maybe it's just them. Maybe it's them and a spouse. Uh, but without any employees, most people use what's called a SEP, self-employed pension. It's a SEP IRA. And the SEP IRA allows people to put up to 25% of compensation uh, up to 58000 into a retirement plan. Hmm. They're able to fully deduct it and let it grow tax-deferred until they need the money at some point in the future. So if a business owner doesn't have any employees, they make 100000 a year, they can put up to 25000 into that retirement plan, effectively only pay taxes on the, the balance of $75,000. Uh, but that's a real good vehicle for companies that either don't have employees or willing to put the same percentage of income for everyone. Third is probably a little more robust. Uh, if you have up to 100 employees, you can do a simple IRA. Uh, simple IRAs, people like them because if your employees participate, you're able to do a 3% match. If your employees don't participate, uh, then you don't have to match. Uh, so so it does add some flexibility and some control, but each employee, including the owner, can put up to 13500 a year of their own money if they're under 50. If they're over 50, they can put 16500 16, of their own money into a retirement plan deducted on their taxes and let it grow tax-deferred until at some point down the road. Uh, the, the thing about simple plans that... Uh, people like is they are simple. There's no administrative uh, cost. There's no um, administrative testing. Uh, they're just very, they're very simple. Each person has an IRA, and if they participate, there's a match. If they don't participate, there's not a match, and the employer is not limited on what he or she can contribute to the plan based on the averages of everyone else, if that makes sense. It, it does, and but I would just go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it does, but leads me to my next question. 
Um, you, you said that they can match, and, and I thought maybe you even said that they, they have to match if they do 3%. So if I'm an employer, do I have to match my employees if they're, if they're taking advantage of that? Yeah, on a, on a simple IRA, you do. Okay. Uh, you have one of two choices. You can do 2% across the board, whether people participate or not, or only if they participate, then you can match, you're mandatory to match dollar for dollar up to 3% of their salary of what they put in. As an employer, you know, I want to maximize the retirement benefits that, that I'm entitled to. And, and in order to be able to do that, there's certain rules that I have to follow uh, that I have to do for my employees so I can maximize the benefits for myself. Okay, that makes perfect sense. And I mean, that would be, I don't know any employer that would you know, say, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to make my own retirement the best I could possibly do it. So I love the fact that there's rules in there, uh, that it makes it a little bit more equal for everybody. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. All right. I, I do have another question that kind of follows this line of thinking. Uh, and I know that this, this comes from your audience as well. So let's say my business is doing great, right? A lot of businesses did well in 2020, even though we were in a pandemic, but, um, some of them did really well. And some businesses here in 2021 are starting off really well and they're doing well. If, that's my scenario. And I've got employees that are working really hard and they're doing their job. And, and, you know, again, like you guys said, you're talking about employee retention and, and really trying to have an edge when recruiting new employees. If I want to reward my employees, um, I know that there's stuff called profit sharing. Uh, I haven't been part of a company that does that yet, but it's, is profit sharing something that any company can do? And, and how do those plans really work? You know, so there, there's a lot of companies that uh, are in a position where maybe they want to save more than 13500 that's in a simple IRA. Um, if you structure it right, there's times that, you know, husband and wife, maybe they're both on the payroll, so you can put up to twenty six, twenty seven thousand 27000 the 3% match uh, from that. But, you know, there's companies that are doing very well that they want to find a place to save more money than that. Uh, or reward employees through profit sharing. So that's where you hear more of, you know, maybe it makes more sense to use a 401k because, you know, a 401k is really a profit sharing plan with a 401k amendment that just allows an employee to defer their own money. And the limits are a lot higher. I mean, there's more testing involved. uh, There's more administration, but uh, it may be worth it depending on what we're trying to accomplish. But 401ks, you can put up to 19500 a year of your own money, whether it's a traditional deduction or Roth. Uh, and if you're over 50, you can put up to 26000 a year. So that's, that's almost double of what an employee can put into a simple plan. Uh, the second part of the 401k, which is very important, is there is a profit-sharing element. You know, usually 401ks will have a match. Uh, Maybe the business, if you participate, uh, we'll participate as well up to 3% or 6% of your salary in the form of a match. Uh, But you can amend the plan document to where the employee, the employer or the business has the discretion that, hey, if the business does very, very well, that maybe we'll take in profit share. Uh, give everybody 5% of what they made or 10% of what they made or 25% of what they made in the form of a profit sharing uh, feature in that. Uh, Combined, what's important is those 401ks, uh, you have the employee side of 26,000, you know, depending on age, and then the the, the maximum amount of money that both the employee and the pl- employer 
can put in for the benefit of the employee just can't go over 58000 a year is what the limits are. Okay. So is there any type of profit sharing outside of a 401k? Actually, you can design. So if I have two or three key people that I really want to take care of outside of the 401k or the profit sharing plan, then I can put in a deferred comp for specific employees that I can do that I don't have to do for other employees. So that's one thing. And there's a couple of things that Jeff had just said, you know, the 401k allows the employees to defer money out of their paychecks. And the profit sharing plan is what the employer can contribute into the retirement plan. There may be some years that the pro- there is no profits in the company, but the employees can still take advantage of their 401k and have the payroll deductions. And there is a vesting schedule that goes with that. Every money that the employee puts in to the uh, retirement plan, it's 100% vested, it's their money. Now, as far as what the employer puts in, they can actually have choices of the vesting schedule. They can have a five-year cliff. In other words, your employees have to stay with you for five years, and then they're vested 100%. And then there's also uh, another vesting schedule that if they're with you for uh, at the end of the, starting the third year, it's a 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. So mm. after year seven, they're 100% vested. But in year three, they may, they'll be 20% vested. Year four, they're 40% vested of what the employer puts in. So it depends how you want to structure the, the 401k and how you want to keep them in. But I think your original question was, can you do things outside the profit sharing in 401k is uh, 401k plan? And you can for specific employees. And there are uh, plans that you can design as deferred comp and stuff like that. Yeah, let me let me jump in. Let me jump in there. So, you know, it, it does always go back to, you know, what's the intent? What are we trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to maximize contributions for the employer or the business owner? Uh, or is the intent to create a platform or a savings plan uh, to recruit, and retain employees and give them the ability to save um, uh, in that regard? So there's a balancing act and that kind of drives uh, which plan is better and for what, uh, depending on what we're trying to to accomplish. Uh, so most of the time, what you'll create is, all right, here's the platform that gives all of the employees the ability to save money for the future with all the investment options and everything they need to be successful through the business. And then it's also wise to kind of think through those two or three or four employees that really are the drivers in the business. You know, we found that, you know, there's businesses that may have, you know, five or 10 employees or 500 employees. And typically there's always a handful that make the business what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's good practice to really think through, all right, what do I want for the employees at large? All right, now what do I do for these three people? that really make the business what it is. If they were to leave or go to the competitors or spin off on their own, how do I not just recruit and retain them, but how do I tie them in to the profits, uh, to the growth of the business uh, so they think twice about leaving? What can I do for them that I may not have to do for everyone? Um, And that kind of falls into a different set of of, of what's appropriate, what you can do, how that works uh, and things of that nature. Yeah. And, and I just want to be very clear that 
I think everybody listening would understand that if you if you're selling a particular product, and you have the engineers that have designed it and created it, and it's a fantastic product, um, and they're going to be continuing to design and create new products for your company, they're incredibly valuable. Every employee is valuable, but the people that drive the trucks to deliver the products, they're probably more. There's a larger pool to pull from. Uh, if you need a new truck driver, then there is the engineer that you know, thinks outside the box and can create those things. So I completely understand you need to retain those employees for the success of the overall business for everybody involved. Um, what are some other ways that you can, uh, besides, I think, uh, Jose, you mentioned deferred compensation. What are some other key ways that you can help uh, retain those key employees and put some structures in place there? You know, I, I personally, what we found is we have a survey that kind of goes out to employees and there's different things that are important to different employees. And sometimes, you know, we have a standardized way of doing it, but sometimes you have to customize it to each individual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as far as the, the way we approach the whole planning process is that, you know, there are, I know we're talking about retirement plans and structure is so important, but there are times that there's some employees that, you know, they're living their life through that employer. And, and if you find out what's really important to them and show them what, uh, what they need to save or, or pay themselves first to get to where they want to go. Some employees are in, you know, their debt is, is they're paying 18% on their credit card. So mm. we're going to show them, you know, how to, how to, how to have a game plan to, to get out of debt. So everybody's different, but I think if you have a standardized way of doing things, customize it to each individual, then you're, you've got all these employees that are working and living their lives through the employer and, and, and doing what's important to their families. And I think that providing a, a mini plan, I would say, uh, to help people to see the the end in mind where they want to be. And I think that more people participate in these retirement plans when they see it's for the reasons that are important to them. Yeah, and I would think that the employees would absolutely feel like they've been singled out in a very positive way, right? My, my employer understands me. They know me. They're going to feel more rewarded by having something that's tailored to them instead of just a blanket statement, everybody gets free donuts on Thursdays. Uh, that's not going to, you know, not going to fly for everybody. Right. I mean, for me, that's perfect by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. And I think that, you know, the ability to uh, have to some degree customize what that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's why I, I'm a big proponent of uh, what's the baseline retirement plan for everyone that gives everyone the ability to save and invest money for the future and I, right, what do I do for those one, two, or three? Maybe a salesperson, maybe a quality control, maybe it's uh, one of the partners. Um, you know, there's a whoever those key key people are. So what what do you do? What can you yeah. do? Well, you can pay them more money, right? Yeah. Uh, you can lay out some kind of a metrics or production or efficiency or some kind of uh, targets and goals to tie things to. And if we hit those that maybe we take a pool of money and instead of just giving you a bonus, uh, that maybe we put it into some kind of a deferred compensation plan that if we hit this every year for the next three years or five years or seven years that we're building up a good pool of money, uh, maybe we attach a vesting schedule to it to where if you leave in two years or three years or four years, you have to walk away from a portion of that. But what are we trying to create? We're just trying to create an environment to where you can accomplish your goals and what you want to as a key person through the business and align the business goals with the employees goals. So that way we're all on the same page. So instead of, Hey, here's your bonus. Good luck. How do we tie it into something a little more tangible? 
you know, if we hit these sell goals, sales goals, or these metrics, or these targets, and then create some kind of a, you see it a lot, they'll call it, you know, an executive bonus plan, or a deferred compensation plan, uh, or they call them golden handcuffs, mm-hmm. uh, to where there's, there's something substantial that's being created, if we're together, for the long run, but then also, that helps prevent, hopefully, to help retain recruit retain that person so maybe they second guess leaving for the competitors or doing something different yeah absolutely guys this has been a ton of great information again um, i appreciate it we said at the beginning of the podcast we're going to make that document available for anybody who wants it how do they get a hold of this this content that you've created here so you can go to the website uh, www.felicianofinancial.com request it through there Uh, You can call the office, 903-533-8585, or come by and see us. All right, and this was the the number two of a two-part series, Uh, so this was the end of this little series. Guys, what are we talking about next time? Uh, You know, we we, we talked the last time about why it's important to create a plan. Uh, We've talked about investment philosophy and and how do you increase returns and and, and things of that nature. Uh, Take risks that's worth taking. Uh, we spent these two talking about structure. How do we save money in taxes? How do we utilize vehicles in the tax law uh, in order to allow money to grow uh, more efficient, uh, both on the personal and the business level? And I think next time we'll talk about right, once you get this, your plan together and you've got the right structure, well, how do you know which mutual funds to pick? Uh, do we do we use mutual funds, or I've heard of these ETFs and index funds? Uh, how do we know what's the difference uh, between those type of investment vehicles? Uh, what process do we have, or should we have, in order to locate and monitor uh, the best money managers in the country? Uh, and what type of metrics are we using uh, to evaluate those, to know when to add one or subtract one, or just a little more specifics on, you know, individual investment selection, uh, money management selection, uh, things of that nature we think will be very, very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, thank you so much for your time today. I'm looking forward to that next podcast. You bet. Enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.